This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, First Wave, Season 3, Episode 22. For every journey, there is an end. We look back at the struggles we faced, the victories and losses, the joy and sorrow. But the road's made smooth by friends who give comfort in the darkest hour. The journey's never really over, for we carry in our souls the memories of those who've touched us. Welcome to Continuing Drag, the podcast equivalent of being trapped in the psych ward of the mind. I'm Luke, <laughs> here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Now, I wrote down something that's real, but I have a feeling it's a similar line to something that happened in a previous episode of First Wave. But here's, here's what I wrote down, and tell me if I've done this before. I'm a genius, not a mystic. <laughs> did uh, did uh, Eddie say that before? I'm not sure. I I mean, who can remember? It's been so much first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, I thought that was a pretty funny line. But after I wrote it down, I was like, I think he said this before. That might be like his catchphrase. <laughs> what if that was his catchphrase? I, I mean, as the listeners have listening so far know, we've taken the escape pod. So we really have only the most passing knowledge of first time. Yeah, it did make, um, at some points this episode, I was just like, uh, what was that you just said? This character that's very important that we have no idea who they are and all these sorts of things. But uh, but I, I think you could jump in, okay? I think they did a pretty good job filling you in on the information you needed to get into this finale. I agree. It's it's uh, dancing that line of um, uh, having to unload a lot of information but wanting to just keep this plot going. So it is a lot of like, you know, asides characters make like, hey, remember that time this character did that thing? Anyways, there's a result of that. Let's keep moving. Jordan, what a treat was it to watch the final episode of a series that was actually a conclusion for once in the entire time we've done this? You know, I was sure uh, when I was watching it last night that it was going to be a cliffhanger. I was like, it's going to be a cliffhanger. They fairly finished their first season on a clip show. They probably did a, a cliffhanger for the second second season finale. And I'm like, it's going to end on a cliffhanger. But nope, this had an actual, actual, actual finale to a series, which was nice. Yeah, wrapped it all up. I was just like, wow, I think first time we've ever had that. Yeah, and this is not any spoilers because the show's been off there for 20 years. But they essentially just drive off into the sunset. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I would say it's beautiful, but... <laughs> Well, before we get into it, Jordan, I put a little game together for us to celebrate the end of the first wave. Yeah. Which, now let me ask you this before we start the game. Uh, Do you feel feel a little bittersweet about finishing first wave? I don't know if I feel bittersweet, but I do feel like there must have been a couple good episodes in there that we missed. I feel like we definitely missed something in that third season. Because I think the third season, we'll get into this, but introduced a new character, introduced a running villain for sure. And I think got a little more serialized. Yeah, I agree. I uh, watching this, I I thought well first uh, before I, I, I prom- I'll get to the game. I promise. Having having an actual cast of characters made such a difference in this show. Not just having Cade run around by himself. I was like, oh well, there's they've just fixed one major problem of this show. Yeah, I think the adventures of the week probably got a lot better when there was like a team of mm-hmm. people to have character d- dynamics with. <laughs> Yeah, I think the third season was probably the season to watch, but who knows? Maybe we'll go back and see those someday. Maybe someone will force us back with charity episodes <laughs> for podcasts. I don't remember what it's called. Bonus episodes for charity. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, but that's not why you called. It was a game. That's right. We've got a game for you, Jordan. We do. I now speak in the third person. Mm-hmm. The royal we. 
It's a game of who did what, I believe we're going to call it. I think that's what we call oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, yeah. We've got four leads, and I've got four possible things they might have appeared in. You see if you can match the actor to the uh, series or TV movie or movie or whatever I've chosen. I don't remember. Okay. Can I guess who the four cast are? Of course. It's Sebastian Spence, who played Kate Foster. Yes. It's Rob LaBelle, who plays Crazy Eddie. Yes. Roger Cross, who plays Joshua. Mm-hmm. And Tracy Lords, who plays Jordan Radcliffe. Yes, Tracy Lords, who joins the cast in the third season as the reoccurring uh, character. I didn't remember reoccurring. She seems to be in every episode. Uh, Jordan Radcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. That was odd casting, but sure. Hey, why not? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through the character or the series or shows and the character names in them, and you right. can see if you can match them. You know how this works. Yep, let's do it. So you've got the feature film, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, the uh, one where Freddy Krueger comes to the real world. Very mm. meta. Mm. Uh, and a character in it was playing that a character or an actor in it was playing the character named Terry. Hmm. Okay. Then you've got Battlestar Galactica, the more current remake. Uh, a character playing Lieutenant Narcho Allison. Narcho is the nickname of the character, apparently. Okay. Okay. Narcho. Then you have uh, someone appeared in the series Gilmore Girls in an episode as the character Zimmerman. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the actors appeared in 24 for 45 episodes, seasons 3, 4, and four, five, and 6. So they, they were in it for three full seasons of Fultz character, or as a, yeah, as like a regular actor on it, uh, playing a character Manning. Wow. I probably watched those seasons of 24, and I don't remember any of these people in it. I'm going to guess uh, Rob LaBelle. He was in Battlestar Galactica. Okay. I think... Uh, Sebastian Spence was in Gilmore Girls. I think, uh, what were my other two options? You have 24. Yeah. And you have Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh, you want the character names? No, no, it's okay. I think Roger Cross was in uh, 24, and I think Tracy Lords was in uh, New Nightmare. How'd I do? One out of four. <laughs> so badly. <laughs> <laughs> You were right about Roger Cross, who plays Joshua. He was in 24 as a regular character for three seasons. Okay. And then Sebastian Spence was in Battlestar Galacta as Lieutenant oh. Narcho Allison. Okay. Who did I say? Oh, I said I said Rob LaBelle. Crazy Eddie, Rob LaBelle, was in Wes Craven's New Nightmare as Terry. <laughs> he also had a role in uh, the feature film Watchmen. Oh. He played uh, Dr. Manhattan's buddy. <laughs> It's, it's funny. He, I don't, maybe I, I would recognize him, but even just watching him in this, I'm like, I just don't recognize his face at all from anything. <laughs> He's been in a lot of stuff. I know. I'm sure he has. I just don't recognize him at all. And Tracy Lords was in Gilmore Girls as Zimmerman. As Zimmerman. Oh, well, there you go. She's had more of a career than you'd think, huh? Yeah, yeah. She really has had a very uh, long-lasting career. I mean, you know, started off in a bit of the ad uh, adult entertainment field, but mm -hmm. she's really grown into, like, a full-time... Like, if you look at her credits list, it's just, like, tons of stuff, tons of, like, A-tier test stuff, too. It's crazy. Yeah, good for her. And and more, most importantly, she plays Jordan Radcliffe uh, in uh, First Wave. Truly. She got uh, the whole third season. And I'm going to be honest with you. I also, after the Sable episode where she was, like, heavily exploited with a lot of nudity... Yeah. I was like, well, Tracy Lord is obviously just going to be here for one reason alone. 
her character is not at all what i expected except for except for the one plot line they keep mentioning in the episode yeah, yeah the one time she had sex with uh okay <laughs> kate <laughs> but that's kate he's he's uh he's incorrigible yeah i think that might have more to do with kate <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good lead i think yes it is here's the IMDb summary for season three episode 22 twice blessed the final battle between mabus and k joshua jordan and crazy eddie yeah um that doesn't tell you anything about the the episode at all but <laughs> i mean yes there is the final battle um but what it what it really is is we're gonna get two uh kind of um structures to the episode and the first one is going to be this sort of this faint and uh i wasn't sure at first when we were watching this when they make the turn i actually started liking the episode a lot more well, let's just start real quick what did you think of this structure of the episode of doing this like did you think this was an effective thing because what we're basically going to have is all the characters are going to start and they're in um in like a psychiatric ward and they're getting treatment for thinking there's aliens and then there's gonna be a turn obviously because we as a viewer know that aliens do exist and they are trying to take over the world because we've been watching the show for 65 episodes so what do you think of this did you think this was an, like an effective thing like obviously the viewer knows something's up right i mean it's an interesting thing eventually you always have to do an episode where are your are your people crazy or not and i thought it was an interesting move to like do it in the finale and i I will say this for it though because we haven't watched much of this series for sure Mm -hmm. but they are back they even use the same piece of exterior footage right off the top that was in the pilot they're back at the same psych war that the pilot began in so i i liked that they had that little bit of synergy between the pilot and the finale that to bring them bring Cade back to the psych ward yeah and also i don't know if it's i don't know if it was meant to be related or not and i don't know why i also always focus on people's hair but Cade has cut his hair again the last time we saw him his hair had grown out but his hair is cut short just like it was at the beginning of the show and i don't know if that was just at a certain point he's like no no i'm going back to my original haircut or they literally were cutting his hair back to what it was like in the first episode no just for the viewers the astute viewers like you (laughs) Yeah, they were like, wait a minute, that is a, that is a little bit more of a brush cut. <laughs> but yes, you're right. In this sort of, as you said, sort of false beginning, is we're, we're led to believe that this crew of people has been caught breaking into a medical facility, uh, and they all be, all be claiming that it's a Gua headquarters, and um, the doctors there are now trying to break them of this like mental disorder, this, this delusion they have. You know what I like, though, in these shows, and you mentioned, you know, other shows have obviously done this, um, and what seems to be one common thread for TV shows that do this is people are put into a psychiatric ward. Obviously, someone thinks they're uh, crazy or unstable or something like that, but (laughs) always to make their point, instead of making, like, very calm, rational points, they always act like they're crazy, which I always think is funny. I'm like, why why do you, you like, I've never seen cade so emotional as he is in this thing like he's so usually like one note and this he's like yeah there's aliens you're an alien it's tomorrow and it's like okay well <laughs> stop acting like that they don't think you're crazy well i think that has a little bit to do with the turn at some point because it is revealed but i did like it because all the characters are a little unhinged in this psych ward to the point that i'm just like oh are, is this gonna be the finale are they actually all the same <laughs> Can you imagine if that actually what it was? If it was just at the end, you're like, yeah, by the way, the whole series, we were just screwing with you. He's just in a psychiatric ward. I mean, it does help that they lean into it harder than you'd expect them to before the turn. So there was a, mm-hmm. there is a moment where you're just like, is this going to be it? 
Well, well, part of it is because I'll admit some of it doesn't work. And what I don't think works is that again, we're we're not ruining anything. That's what the show is. Um, this is all this is all like a um, uh, what do they call it? A uh, like a mixed psychological hallucination or something like that that they're putting the characters in the guar. But it doesn't make sense that the guar who are pretending to be the doctors would be having doctor conversations outside of the room where our characters can't see them. Do you know what I mean? Like the, what they're they're so in character they can't break character when they're in other rooms. Like it doesn't quite hold up. Oh, because well, there's to, no to, in the hallucinations. There are no gua. It's these are literally just hallucinations inside their minds. Is the idea is they've triggered a security system at a gua bunker they've broken into that uses sound waves just to cause them to have a hallucination. But aren't gua playing the roles of these not at all people? I thought they were. No, no, it's all in their minds because at some point we'll get to it. I'll get I'll just lay it out now. They're going to break out of this fantasy. And when they break out, they're literally just standing in the threshold of the bunker and they've just triggered a uh, security defense system. Yeah, but I just still thought I thought there was like a like a not that the other people are there, but they're all still connected to individual people like each of those images have to be controlled by someone. Well, I think what makes sense to me and what you're what what this gets confusing about is there are scenes we get to see where the doctors discuss their patients outside of the patients being yes. there, implying there's like a whole world happening. Um, mm-hmm. And it gets a little nebulous here. Of what's a hallucination? What's what's happening later on in the episode? They even talk about like maybe it's actually an alternate reality. I think things get a little wishy washy in this episode as to what's really happening. Yeah. Also, I'm going to say the the one actress who plays the female doctor made the choice of playing her role very sexy for some reason did you did you feel that like everything was very like everything was very like slinky and like like whispery and i was like why is this doctor acting this way but anyway well i think what it was is there's two doctors one's the good doctor one's the bad doctor they're playing good doctor bad doctor (laughs) in this hallucination that's not real at any rate, what's kind of nice about the opening of this episode, though, is we kind of get caught up with the characters in season three. And we, Crazy Eddie's obviously back. He's doing his usual thing. He's just reciting those nostril quats left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite scene is he's, like, writing down all the quatrains on, like, napkins and stuff. And he's he's telling he's telling Cade through the wall that he's, he, I believe, what's the quote here? He has coded the algorithm of the other quatrains and discovered a fifth omega quat. That's right. Amongst the quadrants. Yeah, and then he like he like what I like is they've made up this thing of like this code that he's broken and he's figured out, and then he reads it. I'm like, it still doesn't make any sense. I like that that trope has stayed the entire series. Is that like they look at something and then he finds a hidden sub thing underneath all the. <laughs> it's the ninth track. It's the eight sided crystals. It's the fifth quad. I I didn't think of it that way. That's pretty good. We do also see a new character, this Jordan Ratcliffe, and she's mm-hmm. introduced as the heir to the Ratcliffe fortune. Um, and uh, apparently her brother killed her parents at some point in a murder-suicide. So she's sort of been on her own after she joined. One would assume that was Gua-related. And mm-hmm. apparently they keep referencing it, but never with much detail. So I don't quite know what happened in the third season. But at some point she had an army at her disposal called the Raven Nation. Yeah, they, they mention it twice in the show because the first time they mentioned an army, I was like, what was that? And then later on, yeah, they mentioned the actual name of it, the Raven Nation. I was like, oh, we've, we've missed a, a subplot here that happened in the third season. Clearly. She's very but, rich uh, to have a private army, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
of course Joshua's there but in the psych ward they reveal his name is Joshua Bridges uh, he's a for they say he's a former US Marine sergeant with acute schizophrenia and he's gone AWOL uh, when he was supposed to be shipped off to Yugoslavia so you know this is their this is their way of like faking us out as we get into this well and also is it implied then that Joshua who we've learned you know was a gua um, in the with the previous episode we saw is the idea then that that was his that's the body he took over was this guy who has this huge history or if they've just created a false history what do you think i think it's their creative false history. i think this is the for me one of the bigger problems in this in this episode is that like i get the idea that you put these people even if it's a psych ward of the mind but you put them in there and try to convince them they've gone crazy because you know the idea of an alien invasion to a sane person can be crazy but the issue i have is that like joshua's an alien mind yes it's in a human body but like Mm-hmm. I just don't know how that would like I don't think you could trick an alien into thinking it was human I think that's a step too far well it also later on because you'd assume there'd be some like uh, physiological uh, differences and later on you see them when they go back this happens a couple times they go back to the psych ward and back out like as they're trying to break this like hallucination and they have them all like like hooked up with like tubes in their mouth and stuff and Joshua's there and I was like wait he, he also he's also like they didn't treat him any differently being clearly being an alien just same. It's all the same. He's just got that it's husk. All the same. That husk works just yeah. like a human body. <laughs> but it doesn't because there's like weird uh, um, tentacles under the skin we've seen. So something's different. I don't know if they ever explained that, did they? <laughs> Not no, the ones no, we watched. Did. No. And of course, there's Cade Foster, who uh, he's been diagnosed as a narcissist with all the sim- all the symptoms of a real cult leader. They like that. They're, they're like he's a real Charles Manson. This guy. <laughs> Pretty true, I guess. I mean, all the thing though. The thing about this is we never really saw him being that charismatic or that engaging or that interesting. He's been a little bit one note. So all the characters sort of tell you that he's so interesting or he's such a leader, but we didn't ever really see it. Maybe maybe it happened more in the episodes we didn't see, but it is funny to have people be like, isn't he the greatest ever? I'm like, I guess. I haven't seen him do anything great. I mean, it's like all our leading white men in the yeah. shows. It's like, isn't he great? It's like, I mean, he's never done anything great, but I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying it, so sure. Um, but I do like that this cold open when we see them all locked up, all kind of going crazy, uh, ends with Cade repeating his line from the very last scene of the pilot where he looks directly down the barrel of the camera and is like, I know you're here. He starts repeating it. I'm just like, they mm-hmm. really are calling back to the pilot. I was, a, I was a big fan of that. It is funny how, and you mentioned, I think this on um, another podcast we did, how it almost seems like the episodes we're watching are the only episodes you needed to see because because <laughs> it is all the references are episodes we've seen and there's of the what 66 episodes we've watched like four or five it's crazy i mean we're only missing like don't know much about jordan and a few other little like small pieces but i'm just like overall though i'm getting most of the callbacks yeah most of it yeah we never saw how joshua joined because he clearly like you know that's true. He must have defected traitorous towards point, his. Uh, yeah. Even even in that even in that one finale we watched, you you called it. You're like he's defected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, though, it's a it's this like classic bit where we're gonna see how long it takes for the doctors either to break them or for them to like break out of here. And you know, there's a lot of like back and forth. They like do a salt test, and the doctors do, and they're like, "Oh, you're crazy. You've been driving running around the country killing people. Here's all the photos of all the people you've killed." Which I yeah, thought was so when they showed funny. it, when they showed him the photos, because I thought at first they were showing actual photos, and I was like, "Wait!" But the only people I'm assuming who died are Gua, who there wouldn't have been any photos of. I'm like, "So are these like, is this collateral damage, or are they just showing pictures to show like dead bodies to go? Hey, you thought you were killing aliens, you actually were killing people." 
That would be my assumption as well. They do make a little note here in the, a piece of mythology that I thought was uh, very funny because it's a bit of a, a little bit of a retcon on it. Is um, I think they're they're quizzing maybe crazy and they're like, how come you've never had any physical evidence after three years of fighting these things? Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he explains that. The Guam milk because their DNA is coded to create a fast-burning acid when they die, so it destroys them, themselves and anything around them. And then I was just like, but that one Gua died on top died of Died on Cade. top of Cade. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. And I know this is probably just a quick a quick rewrite or like a little, you know, the, the canon's a little loosey-goosey, but immediately it's the first thing I thought. <laughs> I know. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, yeah, he would have burned to death then. At any rate... The one thing the doctors are doing, where, where it's total amateur hour, is they leave a paperclip on some, like, photo they bring to see Cade. And Cade, you know, he steals the paperclip so he can, like, you know, we know he's a master skate artist. So he can, like, pick his locks. He breaks all his friends out of the psych ward. And they're like, all right, we got to get out of here. We got to find the Gua. But first we need to get our hammer back. We got the hammer of the Gua, a powerful Gua weapon. And it's at this moment where it's just, like... They seem their craziest because, like, I think Crazy Eddie just finds a hammer in a janitor's closet. It's just like an old mm-hmm. claw hammer. And they're like, it's the hammer of the Gua. And Kate starts shouting, I'm not crazy. And I, it was at this moment, I'm just like, what is happening? They are clearly insane. Mm-hmm. And then Cade takes this hammer. And by the way, they say the hammer, I don't know, 8,000 times this episode is pretty good. It's a great drinking game. He takes the hammer and he throws it at what it seems is some sort of glass or mirror. Yeah, a mirror the- or something. In the place, it shatters, and that's when the hallucination shatters as well. And you see them all wearing what I love is they're like, um, like uh, 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 burglar outfits. They're wearing like like mock turtlenecks. They're all wearing all black, and like it's great. Yeah, yeah, they're all back. They're all back in alien fighting mode. <laughs> they're all wearing those outfits. Remember that episode of Star Trek: Next Generation where Picard, uh, Worf, and Beverly went down to that? I think it was the Romulan planet, and they're all wearing their like like burglar outfits. It was like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this reminded you of yeah that's right that that one episode of star trek next generation but yes this is what breaks the reality they're, they put them back into where they're supposed to be and they realize they've triggered the security system and uh, they're actually where they were supposed to be they're breaking into this gua bunker and what they've discovered in here as they look up is there's like 10 million husks all in those mm-hmm. like strappy outfits hanging ready to go it's the second wave they found the bunker containing all the gua that will invade earth in the second wave and there's a couple things I liked. One, I actually thought it looked really good. I thought the room looked pretty interesting. And, and uh, uh, like, it's it's like one of these, you know, it just keeps going and going and going. You just keep seeing. Uh, but instead of, like, lengthwise, it's sort of height. It just keeps going taller and taller. And you just see, like, like you're saying, millions of these people. And, like, a ton of extras wearing these hilarious straps, which is great. Um, and that's the other part I liked is that they stayed true to these straps. That's the look. Like, it was from the beginning of the show till now, it's this, like, people hung by these little straps, and there's one shot of this one extra, and it's so funny. You could see him hanging, and that strap is right up his butt. Like, it doesn't look comfortable at all. So, kudos to the show. I did notice that, too. I was like, this poor extra's got a real wedgie right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, these husks are there for the second wave, and they kind of get into, uh, over this episode, the big plan of, I guess, this series villain that must have been introduced at the top of uh, season three, Mabus. Mabus, yeah, yeah. He is apparently Nostradamus's Antichrist. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's what they call him. Yeah, and I was like, okay, sure. And he doesn't seem to have had a specific body for most of the season. He appears to have the ability to just possess anyone's body. Like, he has, he's a no-husks-required kind of uh, gua. Yeah, the sense is like, I think you've probably seen this in other, other TV and fantasy sort of shows, where it seems like he's such a big villain that he doesn't have, like, a corporeal form, right? 
um, and he's slowly trying to gain that back, something we've seen lots of times before. And I think that was what this show was implying, is that he has, yeah, like taken over bodies and sort of things, but he doesn't have his own. And this now will be the first time that he has his actual physical form, which has been gestating for a while that he's been preparing for. Well, this is also where it comes back to that thing about, uh, you mentioned earlier, the the idea that um, Kate has had sex with Jordan. Mm-hmm. And it is that uh, in, a, in a previous episode, we get a quick flashback that uh, Mabus had possessed Jordan in order to have sex with Cade. And which is very weird that Cade at some point had sex with mm-hmm. poor Jordan, who was not like in her right mind. Yeah. And it's revealed in this episode that when they had sex, apparently, and I don't know the logistics because it doesn't seem like it really quite makes sense. But somehow the coupling of Jordan and Cade was uh, used to create a body, which is a combination of their two DNA. So, like, they managed to take a fertilized egg out of her, which will be the final body that Mavis mm-hmm. will uh, occupy for him to fight in. And I will say this, though. They do a weird gestation period, and he, like, climbs out of this skin sack. And it's pretty good when he climbs out of that skin yeah. sack. They should have had it, though, that it was a little bit awkward between Kate and Mavis because they know they had sex together at one point. You know? <laughs> And they had, and, and the other one had spoke to the other one after, and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that was the last time we saw each other. I will say this, though. There's a missed beat here probably somewhere, because essentially what the setup is is Kate has to kill his own son in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. it's made of his own. Kate has no qualms to blow that yeah. kid away in two seconds. It's true. I never really thought of that. I guess I guess that is a thing where they could have had, like, um, maybe if, if it had, like, looked like Kate or had been younger sort of thing, or he had seemed... A little more innocent or he'd had that kind of like push and pull on his emotions do you know what I mean like but i'm still like you like your kid and this sort of thing you're right they, did, they didn't really play into that at all it's sort of just like a, a byproduct of like oh yeah by the way they had a kid together and it's me and i'm now 45 yeah and they just mentioned it in passing to the point where i'm just like i don't know what the purpose of that information was yeah i think it was just like they needed an episode where the two characters had sex but they don't have them be together they're like so she's possessed and then oh yeah you know what we'll do um she had a kid after that that's what they've done it's just all, like, retconning after the fact. But it's just to no end. Like, it doesn't mean... <laughs> to no end. No. No. Anyway, the team figures out very quickly that in order to transfer 10 million gua consciousnesses into 10 million husks, because the, the husks are empty. The gua aren't in them yet. You you need a lot of power in order to, like, transfer that many consciousnesses at one time in order to start the second wave. And they, of course, they know, and we don't because we didn't watch the episodes, but they know because they got that hammer somewhere, that really the hammer is the only way of doing it. Um, because, you know, it controls space and time, so it has so much power. <laughs> it can easily put 10 million gua consciousnesses into 10 million husks. It's such an overpower, this thing, huh? The, the hammer is, like, way too much. It's way too much of a tool in a TV show. I mean, it definitely is something we missed in the third season, for sure. It must have been a big yeah. deal. Yeah. But as they're looking around trying to find it, they're, like, immediately caught. They're immediately, like, put back into, uh, like, containers and put back into this, like, hallucination. So we're going to go back to the psych ward again. Yeah. Well, when they're looking for the mainframe, because you need Eddie on a computer real quick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to hack something. He's got to hack something. And, of course, when they go back in this time, it's a, it's a little bit worse. The stakes have been raised. This time, Crazy Eddie now believes it was all fake. Joshua believes he is a human with two children. <laughs> and yeah. most grim of all, though, like, Jordan commits suicide in the hallucination. Yeah, so how did that work? Because in in her real sense, was her just now, it was just nothing? It, like, her, her consciousness was now nothing? Yeah, I'm not sure. I was wondering, I'm like, is she just, like, 
asleep now. She's just out of this fantasy. Is it that now their fantasies are separated for some reason and this is just happening to Cade? It, I was also just like, are we going to come back to reality and find her dead? Like, this is a grim move on, on the part of the show. Or, or also, like, can you imagine if you have a hallucination and hallucination you kill yourself? Like, that must really mess you up after. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? It's just like, oh, that was a thing. Anyway. But again, this show, the show doesn't really have time for that. So they're just like, anyways, just move on. Because the whole point, like you're saying, is that things have gotten worse. And it's supposed to push, you know, push Cade further and further. Now, let me ask you this. They do sort of uh, bring this up later on. Because at a certain point, you as a viewer, at least I did, sort of went like, why are they doing all this? Like, it seems like a lot of effort for these four people for not a lot of uh, uh, results. Yeah, just kill you know, them. like, just kill them. Um, and they sort of like, they, you'll find it, they need Cade for this whole reason. But again, like, do you need to break him really? Like, it seems like there's so many other ways they could have done this. It just seems that this is a, again, a lot of effort for these four people. It is, I think, like we've seen in this in this show, you know, back to the pilot, just like, it's go, 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 action, action, action. Let's not stop to think too hard. Yeah, which I will say makes for a fun show. This was this was like honestly, I can't feel bad. This was one of the best episodes we've seen, at least I think so. Like a lot of it doesn't make sense, and it kind of is a little silly, and they drop in really lines, but it just keeps moving, and you just you're you're interested the whole time. Yeah, I mean, Kate is able to break out of this next hallucination because uh, that one of the doctors comes in to talk to him. This time it is Mabius for some reason, or Mabus, mm-hmm. not Mabius. Mabus comes into his hallucination, Mabus. and essentially Mabus. Uh, when Cade won't be broken, when he won't admit to, like, being crazy, Mabus offers him an alternative. He's just like, here's what I'll do. I will save you and your friends, but you guys have to live in sort of this computer, this hallucination, mm-hmm. in sort of this alternate reality we I've created for you. And he's just like, it's, it'd be good, though. Like, you could do anything in here. Like, the rules are limitless. You and your friends could live here. You could go back and see your wife again if you wanted. But I just need you to stay out of, like, the Gua invasion reality. And, of course, you know. Yeah, he's not going to well, take basically, that deal, but that's the offer. yeah. It's it's the, yeah. It's the I'm going to let you live in a fantasy land. You're going to know it's fantasy, but otherwise you're dead. So what's the option? It's it's this is not so bad, right? Yeah, and we all know it's not going to work. And of course, this is when Cade breaks out again, and we see him like he's in he's in these tubes. This is like somewhere between um, a Borg. What are the things? A Borg recharge station he's held inside mm-hmm. of. It's it's that meets like a low rent matrix like tube. It's very weird. like they yeah, pull yeah. the they pull the tubes out of their mouths, the feeding tubes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which why why are they why are they doing that? Because we saw them earlier there in this hallucination, just like standing in a hallway. I don't know why they need to be back in these tubes, but sure. <laughs> well, they kind of explain it because they they go back to Mabus here, and Mabus is putting on his finest hooded robe, and you so you know he's going to mm. explain the whole plot to you. Well, you know he's evil too because he put a robe on, <laughs> and. He sort of explains that why they need Cade in this sort of husk pod is they're trying to um, integrate his consciousness into, quote, the space-time machine cells of the mainframe. Um, And this is because the hammer of the Gua is the most destructive device the Gua ever built. And it has a fail-safe on it requiring two unique beings, I'm putting that in quotes, unique Mm -hmm. beings, in order to operate it i.e. apparently Mavis is a unique being and so is Cade and only the two of them together can operate it. Yeah, it's essentially like what they basically have is like the old like self-destruct on a submarine, right? You have to do have yeah, two yeah, people yeah. at opposite ends like both turning the key at the same time. That's basically what they have because this thing is so powerful. 
Exactly. And so they've been uploading Cade's brain to the mainframe, and it, they've got as far as 83% of his, like, I guess, mental yeah. waves. I don't know. I don't fully understand why having his brain in the computer will help him activate the hammer, but whatever. We'll, we'll go I with think. That. What what I think they were doing, and may, maybe I'm wrong, is what I thought they were doing is because they didn't think Cade would uh, per, uh, participate or willingly do it, they were going to take his consciousness, put it into a husk, and then have that husk uh, be the second person. Oh, that makes sense. That's, that's not bad. That's what I thought they were doing, but it, it, that's not clear, so I could be wrong. But what is cool is uh, to show that they're almost ready to go um... – Mabius pushes a button and a smoky, yeah. <laughs> swirling black orb comes out and it contains like 10 ball. million con- gua consciousnesses. It looks pretty good. Can we talk about the, the hammer though real quick? Didn't the hammer look exactly like um, uh, like the top, like a, a headrest on a car's uh, seat? It looked exactly like that, but like a silver version of it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's a metal like bar with two tiny little stakes coming out of it. It doesn't look much like a hammer at all, but like it does look like what you'd put into the, your car's headrest. Yeah, so that's, that's what it looks like. And so when we later see machine, the machine is sort of like two long spokes that this like pushes into, and then I, I guess it activates the, the bowling ball type orb. That's basically how the, the machine works, which I say all looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna, you push that down, the orb is gonna go into all the husks, 10 million yeah. husks, second waves on, baby. Yeah. I got. I gotta say though, for all the show's faults, I love how simple and dumb it is. In some ways, Kate and his buddies break free. They're out. They fight a couple guards. They get some guns. And they're like, "All right, now we gotta go stop Mabus." And I'm like, "All right, what's the plan gonna be? How are you gonna confront him?" And they literally run into the room and just open fire. And just they're just like. Their plan is to blow away everyone in the room. They're shooting Gua left and right. The yeah. only reason that Mabus doesn't die is because he holds the hammer. And I guess the hammer, like, is so powerful it deflects bullets away from him. But there was no plan. They just run in guns blazing. Yeah, they all have they all have machine guns. Let me just say real quick, though, the hammer, the hammer is so powerful. And we're going to see a little taste of it later on at near the end of the episode. Um, wouldn't it have just made sense for Mabus to have just used the hammer on its own to, like, adjust space and time and win that way like couldn't he have gone over and grabbed all of the gua from their planet and brought them over in like a split second i don't know you need two people you need two unique beings i don't know but like but later on i'll just again spoiler you're gonna see k just use it quite easily to do whatever he wants couldn't mavis just have done whatever he wants with it i have no idea i couldn't tell you i don't know the rules of the hammer well enough yeah fair enough anyway did you notice, though, that for some reason the Gua have uniforms in this episode? Like, the husks are all wearing uniforms? Oh, were they? Oh, yeah, I guess they were. They were, like, sort of, like, fascist-like uniforms. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, why are they all dressed like fascists? No, well, they're Nazis. <laughs> the Gua now are stand-ins for Nazis. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's the only one left. He's holding the hammer, and he goes for one last gambit. And I gotta say, I loved this last gambit, too. There's so many, like, weird turns the show makes that like yeah. i was like sure why not this is great and maybe his final gambit is he's like at gunpoint it's all over and he reveals to cade that he's actually been a gua sleeper agent all along yeah which uh, i thought was a pretty good turn for the end of the episode because they they do sort of um i think there was that like the moment for you as a viewer to be like oh wait would when that have been a real turn like not even that the series couldn't have continued but like Maybe he'd be like a Joshua type character, but they they did it. I thought in a pretty effective way in the terms of the time they had, which is like thirty seconds to go. Everything you've done, it's because 
of this reason. We wanted you to do this. And the reason is A, B, C, D, E, yeah, F, G. Yeah, yeah. And they showed it, so, so show you clips of it, you know? He, he was, they say he was, he was an undercover osmosist who uh, mm-hmm. was taking part in Operation Twice Blessed where he's supposed to become a false messiah to the human race. And he's just got so deep into his cover, he's forgotten who he was. And, you know, something that surprised me, and I don't know how you felt about it, mm-hmm. but, like, he gives, this, he gives this kind of, like, speech, you're a sleep agent, it was never real, like, you're actually, like, working with me all along, Cade. Cade turns around I and know. murders his three friends. He shoots them all dead. I, I I thought I thought for a minute I was like, well they can't actually be dead. It's like they're dead. He killed them. I was just like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean you have to say that's a point right there, right? Oh, hundred percent. I was just like, yeah. this show just goes for it when it goes for it. Uh, of course, this is all is a. I mean, his friends are dead, but Kate yeah. is not actually on side with Mabius. He he goes over to him. They're like they're gonna both push the hammer down and like press that little gua consciousness like a d- yeah. like a dynamite compressor into all those husks. <laughs> but when he gets over there, he like you know he he does the old switcher. He pushes Mabius out of the way. He grabs the hammer away, and Mabius tries to like you know he tries to grab all the consciousnesses, and Kate smashes his hand with the hammer. His hand evaporates the hammer so powerful. it was great i actually thought it was a really cool effect yeah he smashes it his hand like explodes and then sort of um slowly his body sort of starts like uh becoming almost like electricity sort of thing and then and then he like as we see the gua die he like you know acid acid dies yeah, yeah we get to see a skeleton for a hot second yeah that's right yeah and so he dies and the orbs broken all the all the 10 yeah. million gua are dead <laughs> Yeah, he saved the day. Yeah, he essentially kills 10 million of the aliens, which they do very quickly. We'll talk. They have a real quick moment later on where it's like they'd say that, like, hey, by the way, you just, like, killed 10 million people. And he's like, yep, I'm Cade. <laughs> but Hey, that biker asked him, how many people would you kill? He's, 10 million yeah. is the answer. 10 million to that's stop the, 19 million. <laughs> that's right. Um, pretty close. That's a net, that's a net <laughs> benefit. Yeah. <laughs> 9 million. The, um, um, until you say, shooting his friends was a real gamble. Because I don't know if he knows what the the hammer can do and can't do at this point, but he did a real gamble. Because then what we get is now, he takes the hammer, he walks over to Joshua first, and he sort of waves it over him and says like, he says something I can't remember what he leaves. And then and, and Joshua wakes up and he's like, what? What happened? He's like, because I believed. And you're like, oh, he can bring people back from. Yeah, he dead. can lay hands on you and cure you of anything now. Yeah. So he goes over and he he wakes them all up. But isn't that a, an awkward conversation later where he's like. Hey guys, um, I know I killed you. I could have probably done several other things, but I chose shooting you to death as as a way to show for a three second turn for Mabus, which was like, did he need to kill them? Couldn't he have just like gone, I'm with you now, and like ignored them? I mean, listen, I gotta say, it, it was the quickest and most effective way to get Mabus on your side. I think. I mean, you're not gonna doubt him after that. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Anyways, they're they're all kind of okay with it. I'm glad you mentioned that he had the hammer. I thought he just laid hands on him, and I was just like, oh, he can just heal people now? I didn't even consider the hammer was involved. Yeah, yeah, he had the hammer. That's how he did it, because it, it controls space and time, Luke. Come yeah, on. yeah, and as you said, there's a little bit of a debrief here. They've saved the day. J- Joshua does quickly stop to say, I'm a little sad that we killed 10 million Gua, but what are you going to do? Yeah, and Kate's like, hey, I'm Kate. Don't ask questions. Got to break some eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> He's like, hey, remember what I killed you five minutes ago? We get a little denouement here. Uh, Cade's able to use the hammer, and he's able to travel back in time to see his wife from the pilot returned once more. They brought the actress back from the pilot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
just to have a little moment where I guess in in this back in time he'd gone to work or something and he like walks up to her and she's like I thought you were at work and he's just like hey I just came by to say goodbye to you and I know this isn't like the smartest show or the best I did think this was a little bit of a sweet moment though all things considered I agree it was it did make me though think of all the other things he could possibly do if he can control anything like it is a very sweet idea to go back and see this dead loved one and have this moment with them it's a very nice idea but I'm like but you could do anything can't you just bring her back nope it would fuck up the whole timeline you can't do it yeah i mean he just brought back his friends i don't know anyways it was a nice little moment and it's like and then we get while he's having this uh which again in this show it couldn't be faster they just like they have no time for even even to settle too much on the sweetness and then and then we just see him like portal back in to his friends who were all hanging out by a car and here's my question did we miss when they got they got like their cool like scooby gang car yeah they got this beat up convertible now Uh, yeah it's great I will say there's this one little bit here near the end. I can't remember if it was here or a little bit earlier, but they're like discussing, you know, they save the day. Let's drive off from the sunset. And I think Joshua at some point is just like, hey, we did it. We stopped the second wave from coming. We killed all those Gua. Um, so that probably means the Gua homeworld will give up on the invasion. I was like, probably? What? <laughs> I didn't, I don't even remember him saying that, but I guess that's true, right? So it's like they've been doing this for 40 years at this point. Maybe I'm like, they could just try again. Apparently, this is it. Joshua's very probably confident this is the <laughs> end. He's pretty sure. And I was just like, wait, isn't their planet dying? Like, what do you mean they're going to Yeah, their planet's dying. And also, I think Joshua's now going to go back to that family. <laughs> His family that, that he just found out about. I guess maybe we don't know how many Gua there are. Maybe 10 million's a big hit. Yeah, maybe that's it. But yes, they all climb into the back of their, or climb into their convertible. They're driving off to the sunset, and we get a great classic Cade voiceover kind of explaining what we've learned from the entire series. And this time he finally explains, he's like, I now know why I'm a twice-blessed man. He once had the love of a wonderful wife, and now he has the love of three great friends. He's a twice-blessed man, Jordan. Yes, he is a twice-blessed man. No, was that was that what... Uh, um... Uh, Nostradamus meant when he uh, did the uh, did the the old uh, quatrains. I believe so. That was what that quat meant. Yeah, <laughs> nostril quats, baby. Why is he twice blessed? But with it's apostrophe d. It's I, just because that's old time writing in the original text. <laughs> okay, I was like, you just you're not really cutting mud out by taking that e out. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's the, that's the entire series of uh, how it all wraps up for first wave. Yeah, and as I said before at the beginning of this, the show got a lot better, or at least this episode was, and and it was a few of the things we, you know, we sometimes complain about these shows, and this one really did have, I think, the problem of, or at least probably would have become more of a problem of just Kate out on adventures by himself, which is like, at a certain point, you're like, you need him to talk to somebody, you can't just always have him call Eddie, and as the only person he talks to, and it's like, it, it there was just so much for them to do, so much more for them to do when there's actual characters to you know interact with yeah it did make me wonder when they started like fixing the show whether it was like mid second season because we watched the beginning of the second season it definitely was still like adventure of the wiki like kate Mm -hmm. on off by himself or maybe it was at start of season three when they introduced the jordan radcliffe character but i did make me wonder i'm like they they seem to maybe have gotten their feet under them at some point uh i'll never know when but apparently it happened Luke, we may, we may know when if someone makes us go back and watch it. Yes, yes. Bonus episodes are charity. We all know. Yeah. 
<laughs> but but anyways, at this point, it was actually, I thought, a pretty good finale for the show, and it was a pretty good episode, so maybe we should uh, rate it, unless you have any extra notes. No, no, go for it. Let's, let's get some ratings in here. Well, I think it's a, a pretty good episode. Again, it's not great. Like, there's there's a, there's issues with this show, and uh, I don't think it could ever reach, like, the highs of, like, a classic sci-fi show. But I do think this is a pretty solid episode, especially for this show, and I enjoyed it. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. I, I completely agree. You asked at the beginning whether I had nostalgia for this, and I was watching it, and I'm just like, oh, I they're forcing nostalgia on me somehow. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. along for the ride. I'm so excited to be with these heroes, one of whom I've never met, but I'm so happy for her the entire time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the same thing. I think it's a seven. I think it's a surprisingly entertaining episode of the show. It's doing what this show does best. It's fast, it's dumb, and it's fun. Yeah. Just don't stop. Yeah. Don't think. Just go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And and I think we would if it had been more episodes of being like this, we would have still been watching it. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think if it were more fun and dumb and just like over the like it's like Mabus, he's he's the son of Jordan and Cade somehow and like I'm climbing out of a skin sack and just like what does any yeah, of that mean? Exactly. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we we really should have been that skin sack was really fun. It was great. It was great. There's lots yeah. of little bits that were fun. The psych ward was way more fun than it should have been. That should have been like a slog, but it was like way more fun than it should have been. Yeah, yeah. And more villains putting on hoods. Oh, the hood was great. There, there was a yeah. lot to like. <laughs> For a finale, a series finale, I think they did the best the show was ever going to do. I agree. I agree. I'm glad they knew they were getting canceled. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that was it. They were just sci-fi in the States, bought them for two more, and they're like, but that's it. We're yeah. just going to go two more, and you know it's over. Yeah, it probably was. You know what? And sometimes maybe that's the best thing for a TV show, right? Where they go, hey, you have this idea. Just start wrapping it up. Just start tying these things up and make it fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. We'll give you two more seasons. And by the end, you'll have a great time. Yeah. Anyways, it was good. Seven out of ten. All right, Jordan. Should we see what the final rating is uh, after sure. the escape pod for old uh, sure. first wave? Well, it's gone up considerably. Well, considerably. <laughs> Well, uh, we, we, well, I only say that because on average, because we watch so few episodes, each each sort of like drastic score will have changed it. And I think these sevens are pretty high. I mean, this is the exact same score we gave the pilot. So it started and ended on a seven. Mm-hmm. And the final rating for the entire series that we're going to give to uh, Old First Wave at the end of this run of it is 4.89. Ooh, so not great. Not, not a great, great. Not a great show. That clip show really costed a lot of points. Yeah, that clip show was terrible. It was terrible. Well, Jordan, that about wraps it up. As we've alluded to seven or eight times this episode, if you want more <laughs> First Wave, you can make a donation to charity via bonus episodes for charity. Uh, you can find all the details about that uh, on our website, uh, continuingdrag.podbean.com, or on social media. We've got a little link in the bios there. Click on that. It's got explanations for which charities we're accepting, et cetera, et cetera. Can I just ask if you do have, make us watch the episode of the first wave, just pick the third season, please. <laughs> you don't want to know any more about the second season. I don't need to know the second. The third season seems where it's at. I want to watch third season episodes. You want to see what Tracy Lords is up to. Yeah, that's right. I always, I always do. <laughs> You're always checking up. What's she up to these days? Yeah, what's she up to these days? Oh, she's gotten older. Just like us all, eh, Jordan? Yeah, th- there you go. And, of course, you can always email us at gmail.com. That's not how that works. At continuumdrag at gmail.com, you can email us if you have any thoughts, any complaints about us bailing out of first wave so quickly. Listen, we're trying to do this speed run thing. I don't know. It's working as best as it can. I think it's working. 
I think it's worth I it. had fun. I enjoyed the number of episodes of First Wave I watched. I agree. I, I think we watched the perfect amount. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The handle there is at Continuum Drag, and we're going to have some clips from these episodes. There's some fun stuff in this finale, so you'll get some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mel, you got your guys putting on hoods. You got uh, uh, skin sacks. You got uh, a guy getting his hand blown off. You got the hammer, you got Jordan. You got the hammer. Yeah, you got the hammer, of course. You got to see what the <laughs> hammer looks like. That orb. Oh, one, one quick question, Luke. Um, Eddie grabs the orb at some point. What does he do with that? Did he break it? No, no. Eddie just grabbed it so he couldn't. they couldn't upload the 20 million consciousnesses. Oh. And then Cade uh, shot him in the chest. Yeah, and then the orb just, like, was gone. No, no, Kate just picked it up and put it back in the machine so they could, like... Oh, I put it back. Because that was the, that was the fake out. I'm on your I side see. now, Mabus. I missed that. I thought maybe the orb was still floating around. <laughs> no, they smashed it. They smashed those, tw- those 10 million guad dead. They smashed it good. All right. That wraps it up. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I'll see you next week. I'll see you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes. <laughs>